0: Welcome to the latest episode of the Improv Teachers. I am your host, Lauren Morris, and today we welcome Woody Fu. Woody Fu is an actor, sketch comedian, writer, and improviser living in Brooklyn. He has performed on the Boom Chicago stage in Amsterdam. His one-man show, Asian Gracefully, has gone up at the UCB, Pitt, Magnet, and Annoyance Theaters in New York, and has toured in Phoenix, Austin, Philadelphia, and most recently right here in Winter Park, Florida. He draws comics, made an online choose your own adventure dating game called Escape from the Fuck Zone and is a professional DJ. Woody joined us for the first ever Central Florida Improv Festival and we had a blast. He taught workshops, he performed Asian gracefully, he was part of the Armando Diaz experience and it was just so much fun as you can probably tell from my voice. So I had the opportunity to sit down with Woody actually in my living room instead of long distance, which is always a great treat. And we talk teaching improv and coaching improv. So as always, thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoy the latest episode of The Improv
1: Teachers. Oh, good. Phew. Thank goodness we got that over with. Uh, now, now I get to let you feel productive. Right. Yeah. It's
0: wonderful. Um, so and we'll see how our voices hold up. It's been a long weekend. All that good stuff. Uh, so we're sitting here live, uh, together, which is not something I get to do. Usually I do Skype or, um... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And so it's on. It's fine. It's all good. Eat away. Go ahead and make noise. It's natural. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can. Go ahead. Right. Like, do you yeah. get... Yes. Yes.
1: This is diegetic sound. This is a chewy, Quaker <laughs> chocolate chip granola bottle. Oh, yeah. for sustenance and health <laughs> and energy.
0: Um, so do you remember your first teaching experience?
1: Um, not really. Um... So I came up with the Magna Theater in New York and uh, Armando Diaz founded that theater and they have a class there called Coaching. Oh. Um, And he explicitly wants to teach how to coach because it's such a weird, like seemingly impenetrable thing to get into, you know? And so the way the class works is he kind of guides you through how he teaches and how he coaches and then they call in like improvisers to do um, dummy Yeah. Scenes. And then you note them, and then he watches how you note them, and then he'll either note them also or just note how you noted them. Um,
0: Will he note how you noted them in front of them?
1: Uh no okay yeah so the improviser will improvise and you're like cool i think maybe try this and i think this didn't work and da 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 and then if he has thoughts about the scene also he'll chime in otherwise he'll be like great and then like later after the improvisers leave he's like okay so when you're talking to them um this is kind of helpful this is not you know like try to steer clear of like this kind of language or whatever so that was my first version of, of coaching um and then, what did I do? I don't. even... Honestly, I don't. Did remember you about it. your first team that you coached? I was probably a musical improv team. Okay. Um, for some reason, I feel a lot better doing musical improv coaching. Like I feel like I'm, I'm more. Uh, you think that's because you're looking for more specific points in the in sets? Yeah, it's kind of. like... This is so nerdy, by the way. <laughs> this is like a. <clears throat> we're like in sub basement D. Okay. Of like how deeply nerdy this <laughs> is. Um, I think it's just because in musical improv, following a narrative, right. or at least the way we do it at The Magnet, following a narrative. And so, like, I've done that narrative so many times. It's basically, there's like a form, there's like a fairy tale form, which is kind of like their narrative, which is basically the musical Herald equivalent in terms of, like, this is the set stuff, these are the structural beats that happen in this show. And uh, I understand those really well, so I'm like, okay, great, so I can teach to that. Uh, whereas... um and I felt more comfortable teaching that before regular improv because, like, improv is just so, like, big and wide and expansive. And, like, there's also this feeling, like, who am I to even draw right. from, my like, two cents?
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's that's a weird one to come over. And so, like, right now I'm doing a lot of, like, train-the-trainers with mm-hmm. a bunch of uh, people who are ready to put their toe in that. Yeah. And we're just, I can see that's where they are. They're struggling with, like, um one of our teachers had said uh he was so funny because he's like well i've only been doing it da 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 it's like that doesn't who cares like that's you know he says something like i've only been like teaching because he's a professor by day mm-hmm. uh shout out brian hey mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. <laughs> basically like, i've only been like you know perf i've only been performing improv for three years like he's been doing it longer without performing for three years mm-hmm. and i've only been teaching improv for two years i'm like but that's Two more years than... Yeah. So it doesn't, like, just own it.
1: Yeah, it's true. I definitely have seen people who, like, came out of level two and are already, like, coaching. And I'm like, "Uh, maybe pump the brakes. But also, I'm so far the opposite where I'm like, no, I don't, like... Yes, I'm on a team, but do I deserve to coach? You right. know, like all that uh, dumb, like self, I'm not worthy kind of thinking, kinking In
0: so uh, and and I can't speak to your experience, but you can speak to your own experience. So I find that white males go into things a lot faster than uh-huh. women. Uh-huh. So do you think, like, because so I know for myself, like I waited a long.
1: time. Oh, it's time. a white male. White, white male. Bill Binders. Bill Binders,
0: give a shout out. Say hello. <laughs> hello, hello.
1: Oh, such, such a white male such way. Such a white
0: male white high. Such a
1: white way.
0: <laughs>
1: oh. In case there was any doubt that we were lying,
0: right? <laughs> um, I, I find that men in general uh, will apply for
1: things before they're ready, sure. and women wait till they're overqualified. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, if. Uh, I would tend to agree with that and also I for me that was also true I was definitely more on the timid end where I'm like oh well I don't know I don't know if I'm able to do that and so like it prevented me from a long time For but that's also like you know I think that varies person to person also because there's right. obviously exceptions there's like uh, women who are extremely confident like no like I'm gonna just I feel good about doing this I think I can do this and I'm gonna start doing right. this and I'm great and you know for me it's like a personal thing I was always like well I just don't personally think I would be comfortable to be in a position but like now to dole out uh, like, this is working, this is not working, because, you know, who am I? Also, you can come see my shows, it's improv. Half of them are good, half of them are
0: right, bad. Right, yeah. You know,
1: it's like, <laughs> I think that's it's a tricky thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um. So was there any, like, do you think there's any one teacher, though, who really, or is it maybe even now, is there, like, one teacher who you look at and you're like, well, that's what I inspire to hopefully bring when I am teaching and coaching?
1: Yeah, I think what happens is, like, you, uh, improvisers tend to, Glom onto uh, teachers who uh, can articulate things that make sense to them. You know what I mean. And so it's just like and after that point, you're like, oh, I subscribe to this philosophy because it works for me. So like, for me, it was like I went through. Used to be a magnet, but I'm basically uh, magnet's my home theater, and like a lot of what I learned came from magnet and also at Boom. Um, but at magnet, it was like. Uh, there's tons of great teachers there. Like Nick Canellas was my first coach, uh, and then like Peter McNerney is a very like, he's very good at articulating <clears throat> in very like uh, concrete terms, like what a scene requires. Uh, so I like took that kind of approach from him, and then like uh, Alana Fishbine, and like I mean, there's so many good teachers yeah. like Rick Andrews, and like so. I think after a while, after you go through enough people, you're kind of like, great, these small takeaways I've taken from each teacher is what I am now. You know what I mean? It's just like you take what you're exposed to and you keep what works for you and then everything else is like, well, that didn't apply to me. It's not resonating with me. Right. Yeah,
0: it's many ways the same way as we find our own voice as an improviser, I think. Sure. Yeah, it's sort of that same thing. Are you currently... Because I know you were just – just you you're finishing up a tour. Finishing up a tour. Yay. Uh, are you teaching at home right now or are you just teaching when you're on the road right now? What are
1: you doing? Uh, I don't teach much. Um, I do workshops and then I'll coach cl- uh, okay. teams a little bit uh, just like for money here and there. Um, but I don't teach just because uh, I feel like for me it's too stressful. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I get like really invested and then I'm like, oh, I have to like sculpt and, cr- you know, like yeah. Yeah. mold and like – Dead, real, dead poet society, like sense of responsibility, <laughs> and then um, it's also just like incredibly time consuming. Yes, you know what I mean. Like, and and I'm sure other people on this podcast have talked about. It. It's like coaching is performative, right? You know what I mean.
0: We, I don't think we talk. About, there's been a few teachers who hit that, and I don't. It's interesting. Not a lot of teachers have hit that, and I agree 100. percent Totally when, performative. When we are teaching and we are perf- uh, coaching,
1: we are we are performing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because also like. You wanna shepherd people with different experience levels into improv, you know? Um, you want them to find it joyful, you know, you wanna create a positive experience so that they're like, Oh, this was good and not scary and like actually I was able to make powerful choices and you know what, yeah, of course I would do it again. Like that was great. Right. You know, you want to encourage them along, but also like, you know, you hear all these horror stories of like especially in the old school days of like terrifying coaches who would like just like call you out and bully and you're like, Well, you know, I don't think that happens as much anymore maybe, but like um, but yeah, you feel responsible. And so like, you know, uh, especially when you coach on the road or tour on the road, you're like, I'm here bringing my, myself as the product, you know, right. like my point of view and what I'm teaching you is like, kind of like why I'm here. So uh, in that sense, I always feel more responsible. Like, okay, I have to have a clear point of view about these exercises. Like, what are the takeaways? Why are they, I need to be expl- I need to be able to explain like, okay, well, like if no one ever would, but if they're like, why are we doing this? You can be like, well... For me, the reason is why this is helpful is X Y Z. So, um,
0: what do you think? I think it's really helpful for people to hear. Um, I think it's helpful, especially since there's um, people who are new to it. Is uh, especially when you're going to another place. Like, how do you? What do you do to set up um, a classroom that you know you're coming in from out of town and you only have a few hours with them? What do you do to encourage them to take those risks, to feel comfortable, and to just kind of go for the ride for those few hours
1: yeah uh, well I mean okay. this is this is kind of my setup for any um, workshop that I do and this is just what has I figured out over time works for me at the top I'll set the table and I'll be like this is what this workshop is this is who I am there's a break at this point um, and I always say this at the top of all my workshops because I'm always like this is just stuff that over the course of 10 years I figured out works for me so if it works for you great if it doesn't work for you treat it like food You know, and poop it out and forget it it doesn't you never have to worry about it again Uh, but if it is nourishing and empowering then keep it as a tool for you now Um, and then I'll just go into like I always plan like way too many exercises uh, and then I try to blast through them because I feel like um, of course sometimes it's important to like take your time and like really like sit with an exercise if you think it's valuable but like to me also I feel like okay I'm I only have like two hours three hours whatever I want to get through a lot. I'd rather have someone be like, okay, 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 and leave and be like, okay, there's like, we did four different things, um, and now I can like select which of those are resonant with me, as opposed to me being like, great, we're going to spend three hours doing these two things. Right. One of them, you're like, I don't get it, and one of them is like, I guess that's kind of works for someone who's not me, you know?
0: Great. Now they walk out, and they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, now, like, never again, never um, again. When you're structuring uh, workshops, do you... Um, do you work with, like, this is the end goal in mind, and then start to fill in? Or are you, like, oh, I like to start from warm-up through to the end?
1: Uh, no, I, yeah, I go through sequentially. Okay. Uh, warm-ups. And warm-ups is always, like, what is the most fun thing I can do? Okay. Uh, something physical, something brain, uh, and maybe something like listening. Just, like, two or three warm-ups, and then I just get right to the exercise.
0: Okay um and you're i mean could sat through them they're pretty i call them like the standard improv class of like mm-hmm. we circle up sure we do our warm-ups then we do some of our exercises then we go into either some more scenic or longer and then uh we close down and obviously that's i mean yeah. i haven't found i don't know that i've met anyone yet who's like breaking that mold
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yep. like I mean, it's like it works right it
0: seems to work Especially with the musical improv and stuff, do you ever find um, any like materials or anything helpful for you, or is it just materials and whatnot? Well, like so, I find so I used to be very adamant about um, not using like a whiteboard mm-hmm. or drawing things like or visuals, and then I got I was getting feet because I was always like, well, there's no one's going to stop a, when you're in a show and be like, hold on, but if you remember, here's your form on your Herald structure, mm-hmm. um, but then. If you look at it, there's learners who are visual, there's learners who are auditory, kinesthetic. So mm-hmm. I will, um, depending on the class or the workshop, I will have like a whiteboard with me so I can write oh, things down, or I will yeah. even bring in, like I have, I have a group that are just they're kind of like they, they're not good at leaving their baggage at the door.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So instead of letting them come in, yeah. So instead of letting them come in and sit down and then just, like, bring all this energy down, like, I have, like, a tape ball, and they throw that around from the minute they walk in. So, like, any kind of materials that you...
1: Not really, honestly. I think with musical, you have the option to, of, like, providing, like, audio samples of what you're trying to Okay. Sustain. Sort of, for example, if you're teaching, like, song structure, and you're like, this is a frontline tag song... For example, uh, Somewhere Over the Rainbow is a frontline tag song, you know, or like this is a backline tag song structurally. And for example, The Lady is a Tramp is an example of a backline tag song. Okay. So stuff like that is like, okay, I can hear it. I understand. Um, otherwise, not really. Okay. Like, uh, I mean, I did, did, I did do that verse, chorus, verse exercise. Right. Uh, which I stole from Lewis Cornfield. Oh, thank and, you. Yeah, it's a great exercise. And I use it all the time. But it's like... That one I have provide. I write down the structure of a song, and then have someone do a character monologue using that structure, and um, that is helpful just because it provides like a roadmap. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, I don't. No, no, I don't normally like. Oh, oh yeah. this here is like a painting. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now I will connect the in Right. This is
0: yeah. I. Um, yeah. I just found like sometimes a few tools here and there, but and also workshop I find I find for myself especially workshops on the road. It's just usually me and my notebook. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so like that kind of stuff. What kind of preparation do you do as a teacher before heading into a workshop?
1: Well, I'm very type A. Like, I'm like, I need to know, I need to understand. Uh, I'll plan out, like, times and, like, okay, how many people are in here? Uh, how many exercises do I have? How many reps am I able to get everyone to do each exercise? You know what I mean? I want to be able to cover all this. So it's a lot of time management and me being, like, over-anxious about a lot of stuff. Although I will say that... The more you coach, like, for example, Lewis Kornfeld is uh, the ex-megawatt uh, director uh, at The Magnet, and he's an extraordinary coach, and he's very good at just coming in and just being like, like, he'll coach you given the space, what happens in the space. You know, if you're, if you're, you're, if you're having a rehearsal in someone's office, and it's a <clears throat> really wide open space, he'll, like, just come up with exercises that exploit that, oh. you know, or, like, and he's really good at also, like, wait, let's do some warm-up scenes. Based on what's happening right now, uh, we need to work on listening, so here's, like, a bunch of listening exercises. You know, like, he's very adaptive and, in a lot of ways, improvising with you. Right. He just, he's just li- he's just listening to what you're putting out and being like, okay, well, it looks like this is what's needed, so let's just work on this for a little bit.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and that's kind of, like, to me, like, the goal. Right. It's like, great, you have a wealth of knowledge, but it's like, what does this team right now need? Yeah. You know?
0: Do you, when you work with... Um how do you monitor your progress is, I guess, my question. So I, I think that's – because not – I mean, some of us are good at self-evaluation. Mm-hmm. Uh, those of us who are in, like, training centers are sometimes just forced into it, right, because the students get evaluations at the end that they fill out. Mm-hmm. But when you're teach when you're coaching and when you're teaching, like, how do you monitor your progress as that coach? <laughs> I don't. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. That's, I, I mean, <laughs> I might have plateaued years ago. <laughs> <laughs> You'll just never know. Um, I really don't know. Okay. I don't know because, like, um, uh, I feel like if you teach or coach a lot, like, regularly, yeah. uh, it's easier to monitor because yeah. you're like, oh, this is where I was at. These are the, the kinds of things I was teaching a year ago, and this is the kind of thing I'm teaching now. Right. And so, like, there is an evolution or, like, maybe you develop more lightness of touch of how you note or whatever. But for me, I've always just been like, okay, this is – I can only teach one way or coach one way, okay. and this is how I do it. Okay. And, like, hopefully it works Right, with whoever I'm coaching at that moment.
0: Do you think your point of view or teaching philosophy has changed since you started?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think you
0: can articulate how it's changed? I
1: definitely used to be much more, okay, this exercise means this, so you have to do it this way in order to get the takeaway. Okay. Right? And, like, that's the whole point of the takeaway is that, like, you want the student or performer at the end to be like... So, like, how did that work? I always, like, check, have it, like, check in in the middle of, the, of a session where I'm like, great, so, like, that exercise, like, what was good about it, what was hard about it, just because people articulating it out loud forces them to, to think about it and, and be like, oh, yeah, I guess that was how I felt about doing right. it. Uh, in the same way that I think when you are coaching for the first time, you're sort of it's like you need to walk the walk in terms of, like, oh, like, this this is what I believe improv should be. And as you're saying it as a coach for the first time, you're like, oh, I guess that is my actual philosophy. Right. Yeah,
0: because you've never had to articulate it yeah. up until then. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So, like, um, at the top of coaching, uh, when I first started coaching, I used to be like, oh, it has to be A, B, C, D, and any variation is a failure.
0: Okay. And then,
1: uh, <laughs> but now I'm much more like, okay, this is your exercises, um, and hopefully you'll get the takeaway. Uh, and if not, then, like, there's two more exercises anyway. So, like, you okay. know. So, it's it's all, I, I've, I've, I've kind of, like, let go of the reins a little bit in terms of, like, I have to, like, control every moment of this. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's, I mean, I can't tell, honestly, because yeah. I, I don't coach that much. I, like, I'll, maybe, like, once, recently I've been doing it once a week for this musical team. Okay. And then for, there was a while where I was doing it, like, two or three times a week. And right. And I was, like, Mr. Coach, but I was, like you know, it's, it's, it's tiring. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot of work.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, I I think we should dive into that a little bit too. So it's also your especially when you're coaching because your teams usually have a point of view they're trying to get to. It's not like a class where you're like, this is the curriculum and Mm -hmm. this is what we're doing as students. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's like, this is a team of people who have, Come together and agreed on their vocabulary and their and their point of view as a team. Mm-hmm. And now you're here to help them get to that point, mm-hmm. right? Um, so you're managing also. I, th- I find you're managing egos more. And then for me, like with the with teaching, I'm I'm dealing with the individual as a student. Mm-hmm. With coaching, it's it's the team outcome. So mm-hmm. so I I've I've seen with some. To coach with some teams that I've coached the individual still like well what I want individual notes individual notes and I'm like ah, that's not my mm. you guys want me to bring you from where you are as a group to this new signpost mm. I can't just focus go take a class right no. yeah no. so um so this is the managing of all the people you mm. know,
1: and ego is yeah know. absolutely I mean a, a coaching is it is in many ways many way more informal right it's like oh like you can hang with your coach you know and then like and then you know hopefully the coach is seeing those shows and it's a little more like buddy -buddy buddy-ish yeah Um, and also like yeah uh, but then that kind of blurs like okay is it expected of me to give you individual one-on-one notes right because I agree with you I think as a coach your job is to get a bead on what that team's voice is, where their strengths are and, uh, where they could be stronger and be like, okay, this is, this team's particular energy is this. So I'm going to help them be stronger in that and then help them, uh, work up what's in the deficit. But you're definitely going in a creative direction, you know, that is dictated by the energy of the team. I think when you're teaching, you're just like, great, there's 16 people in this class, my job is to teach you the Herald. right? You know, so this is what a first beat is. This is what heightening is. This is this callback. This is you know this is right. a group game. And so, I think your responsibilities at that moment are different.
0: Yeah. Did you, so when uh, when you were like like when you were coaching like all those different teams like a few times a week and stuff like that. Um, did you ever have to do? Did you have to have to like mediate internal?
1: oh eh. I mean o- only in like there'd be like a time where like someone wouldn't show up to rehearsals a lot yeah. or like they'd miss a bunch of shows but then even then I'm just like hey director music, uh, artistic director this person is missing out okay. you know like right um uh, if they want to penalize them, like, you know, they can penalize right. them I was never like, this person is like drunk and like slept with my sister. And, oh, like, good. And you need to like, right. it's like a, a real world episode. And you yeah. Figure this out. Uh, not really. Have yeah. you heard that?
0: No, thank God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: my biggest problem, right, is like people just uh, start, like their it, the the newness or the excitement of being on a team is worn off. Mm-hmm. And now they're just doing the work. Mm-hmm. So they just sort of stop showing up because, mm-hmm. like, it's more – they're just not finding the fun. Right, or, right. Yeah. Right. And so you have to be like, hey, you also have to do the work. Like, part of getting good is doing the work. Sure. So I've had much more of those conversations. I've had to have a few, like, let's sit down and, uh, you know, we had to remove – like, we had to remove a member because they were really toxic to the culture. So now as a team, that person is gone. Let's – as a team just let's talk about some stuff to get it out so Mm -hmm. like not about like not dump on the person who's gone but how that's affected you of where you are in your improv Mm -hmm. so that everybody else in the team knows and then let's just heal and like move
1: forward yeah I hear that I think when you're coaching also like I've always felt like It's not my job to make everyone love improv. Right. Because they're they're, they're a team that, like, if they're an indie team, they're there because they want to be there. Right. You know what I mean? Or if they're a house team, they're there because, presumably, they want to continue being on a house team. So it's like their level of investment is on them. Uh, My job is to just be like, great, uh, I'm trying to get you here, you know? Right. Uh, And and you, how much you put into it is entirely up to you. Right. Uh, And I prefer that just because it's like, for the most part, they are paying to be there. They want to be there. Right. You know, with some exception. Versus, like... I I don't think I would be like I would love being a teacher regularly because it's like I'm teaching level one and then there's like this guy's coming in and making like a blue joke or like a joke that makes people not feel safe or like like grabs a woman in a way and you're like okay like now I have to police this guy and explain to him like how society works (laughs) like
0: to (laughs) me I'm always
1: like my like non-confrontational self I'm always like all right (laughs) let's just stop the class now we have to have, like, a discussion about yes. this. Yes. Like, guys, come on. Like- I've
0: had to stop the class many times and uh, have the conversation. Because a lot of times what happens is, nine out of ten times these guys don't even realize it. But... Like, they're standing next to a person of color, and they just go for this low-hanging, easy yeah. joke. And then you end up being like, all right, and stop. That was offensive. Right. I'm not the one who was offended to. So, like, you know, like yeah. and have a yeah. a conversation. So, yeah, it goes on a lot, um, especially in the lower levels.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, they're just – it's you – know. no, I mean, I think it's a lot of fear, and it's a lot of, like, under what you understand comedy is. Right. And a lot of, like, wanting to have a joke, and a lot of, like, just – well, TV from the last 10 years have taught me that this is okay. Yeah. You know, and, like, I don't begrudge people because I'm, like, everyone at the end of the day, if they're in an improv class, wants the same thing. They right. want to have a good scene. They want to have a scene be funny. They want to do a good job. Right. It's just that, like, fear a lot of times warps that and, like, yeah. makes you make cheap jokes or whatever. Um, and then, yeah. yeah,
0: and then sometimes, you know, also when we do remove the filter of, um it's it's a lot of times like we get to remove that filter of don't censor yourself because you're just trying to get someone to yes and and not like Mm -hmm. and so all of a sudden they've opened up these floodgates and then like this vomit's coming out oh yeah 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 Yeah. so it's a really interesting thing teachers who are women or people of color Mm -hmm. i have not had many Mm -hmm. and so um so I, I just, like, I always find that that topic of diversity in the teaching realm and the coaching realm. Um, what's your experience been? Like, have you, has it been, have you run into people, like, questioning the fact just because you happen to be Asian? Or are you just, like...
1: Not really. Okay. I mean, people have been very... Uh, I've been pretty lucky I in that sense. I guess you're Chinese and not Asian, I, yeah, right? I'm, yeah, both, I mean, I'm both, those things. Right,
0: yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, I guess so, sure. <laughs> if you want to be, right, my, right, yeah, aren't you white? On my college app, <laughs> I checked
1: human. Oh, yeah, right, uh, yeah, 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 right. <laughs> human being. Um, no, honestly, I've been pretty lucky in that sense. Uh, it hasn't been, like, called out or anything. Yeah. Uh, I've been like, no, yeah, like, I'm just teaching you what I know. Right. And either you take it or you don't. Um, but you're right. Like, I, when I was coming up, obviously, a lot of my, like, teachers and coaches were white. Um, I, uh, to me, it's just kind of like um, when I'm looking for a teacher or a coach or something, it's really just, like, whose vibe do I like the most? I don't really evaluate in terms of, like, oh, well the, we had, like, two white coaches, so now we should have, like, like a, a black coach or right. whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, to me, it's just, like, who is whose energy do we like? Right. And do we want a guiding our team. Um, although I will say that's for improv and for, uh, for writing, which is different. Um, like, I, like I wrote a one-man show about my life and my family, and I, was, I definitely wanted to get coach, like sketch uh, writers and coaches and directors who were of color because they would be able to speak to very specific cultural issues okay. in a way that wasn't like, – because a lot of times like I would have like a white director and they'd be like, well, okay, I think structurally this joke could be this, but also I don't know if oh. I can say that, you know. Right. And there's a very, like, I want to help you, but I also don't want to be, like, right. non-woke right now, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, so i have always like, yeah, if I have, like, a person of color director for some of that stuff, it's like, then can be like, okay, great. I want to talk about this thing that's a little racy, uh, but you and I can, like, actually discuss it in terms of, like, what we can get away with and what an audience will be willing to accept. Okay. You know what I mean? In a more, like, frank way. Yeah. Uh, with improv, I've always been, like, lights you up you know you see them on stage you're like that's really fun right. I want to be able to have that kind of energy in our team
0: so that's interesting to me so because um, I also I I, in many ways connect to like the way an energy of someone I'm like oh yeah I want that person to like run because I connect to the energy and the way they, they perform and stuff but then I stop and I think would, it, would I also connect more with people but I'm just not having the opportunity to be exposed to that because they're just not on stage does oh, that make sense sure yeah, yeah so I always wonder like just due to the lack of like what's being represented on stage, am I also connecting with something just because that's how
1: conditioned I am to seeing what's up there. Oh maybe. I mean Yeah, I don't that's an interesting point. Yeah. I can see that. Um it's kinda like what is available is what you can see, which is what has access to the stage. Right. You know? Um You ever find it
0: hard? Um, did you ever struggle with like finding like, connect, I mean, not, like, just connect, like, looking at stage and be like, I don't connect to any of this? Or did you never, mm. or just because you're, whatever, because that, that's very individual also, like, your individual experience of where you grew up in the country and how your home life was, yeah. right,
1: like, all that stuff. Honestly, in New York, I didn't feel that as much. Uh, I, uh, I mean, I might have had someone be like, what is this, cracker and cracker. <laughs> But, like, for the most part, I'm like, okay, great, I, I'll evaluate it based on competency on stage and whether or not it's like, oh yeah, that seems like fun. Um, But yeah, I mean, I can only speak for my experience in New York. I I was never like, oh man, like, you know, this coach or this coach. I was always like, no, we can select, there's a bunch of improvisers in New York, we can choose the person who um, like, qualitatively we want the most. You know? Uh,
0: So so it's interesting because I was was self-evaluating once, like, who I look to in terms of oh, I love the way that person plays and stuff. And I was just, like, writing it, listing it out one day, just mm-hmm. kind of thing. It was all white males.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was like, I don't connect to any females. And then I was thinking about, like, all the improv i have been watching. I was like, that's because for, like, every ten white guys, there was, like, one female.
1: Yeah. They just, um, the numbers are not
0: there. Right. Yeah. And 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 then I was like... Then I part of part of me still feels obligated to like now I have to be a really good female player
1: <laughs> too. So
0: when people are watching,
1: right. they're like, now you have to support the entire right. bridge by yourself <laughs> right. on, with your own two hands. Yes. Yeah, for all women. Kind.
0: Um, and and I'm trying to remember like there's a few women I connect to, and it and I every time I connect to a woman on stage when I watch, mm. I'm always like hyper aware of like oh. I've connected to that per- that woman on stage. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'll connect all the time to guys on stage. I'm like, oh yeah, I love that move or mm-hmm. that. A- it's always catches me by surprise when I sure. connect. With-
1: yeah, because I think part of it might be because you're filtering it through your own experience and your life. Right. Like, Great. I mean, I know as a woman, it's it's harder. Like just numbers wise, and also like you know, like coming up in the culture or whatever, whatever scene you came up in is like the specifics of how you came up. And also, so when you see someone. Uh, who is like you, like, oh, oh, this is another woman on stage. I've never seen her before, but she's killing it in a way that I really admire. Then you're like, I resonate. Right connect because like you I can only imagine, you went through a similar thing as me. Right. You know, but I think a lot, uh, yeah, right. I, I think that can be true and not true. Like I can th- probably for a lot of that it is true, but sometimes also it's like, there's this thing that happens when people are on stage where it's just like seeing someone on the internet. Like you can, if they're doing well, you can start projecting whatever you want on them. Right. Like, this is a perfect person. <laughs> they have never made anyone cry. Right. They're just perfectly hilarious. Yes. And I just want to clap for them. You right. know what I mean? Um, and I think that's true. Anytime you see someone powerful on stage, yeah. regardless of, of uh, what their background is, like, but it is true. Like, if I see uh, an Asian improviser on stage and they're like killing the show or something, I'll be like, yeah, you know, I will obviously have a personal resonance with it, right? But, um, but I will. Uh, I think for me, I always am like, okay, like who who shines out to me? Yeah, you know, who, whose style of performing do I like and right. comedy do I like, and then. I think, yes, it does shake out a lot of times, like, oh, that's a white man, that's a white man, just because that's what the numbers are. Right. But, yeah.
0: Because um, I feel like we've, I feel like at least in the last few years we've come really far. Oh, huge. Yeah. Um, but then uh, I'll go to pockets of communities and be like, oh, they're still like five years behind. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just interesting to watch yeah. and, and, and learn and then, you know, hear about how other people handle it and all this kind of stuff. Do you? Uh, I'm totally putting you on the spot with this. If someone was thinking about who do you,
1: who's on your S list, right?
0: Yeah, right. Names first. And last. <laughs> right, right. So let's say you're not at a place like Magnet that has a coaching class, right? Do you have any advice for someone who would want to be a
1: coach or a teacher? Uh, that's an interesting question. I think I think anyone who wants to coach obviously has some level of experience, right? So then you probably have an opinion about improv. So I think the key thing for any coach is just to know what your philosophy of improv is. Uh, It doesn't have to be some, like, you know, Lutheran text that you're nailing to the (laughs) church door or whatever. But it's like you want to have to be like, well, I think improv should be A, B, and C. And if you can articulate that a couple different ways, then that is, like, a a grounding for your philosophy. And then I think the more improv you watch, the more you measure it against what your own personal definition of good improv is. So you're, like, watching a team. And that can grow and change. That can grow or 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 grow smaller, you know, depending on how you watch. So it's like, you're watching other teams that you've never seen before, they're really good, you're like, oh, my definition of good improv just expanded. Yeah. You see a bunch of, like, uh, beginner improviser teams are making a lot of, like, fear-based moves, and you're like, yeah, that stacks up, that confirms my uh, small burgeoning belief system of what good improv is, because they're not doing this. And actually, I'm critically watching this. I don't think it's succeeding because it's not doing the thing that I believe makes good improv, right? So I feel like that small thing which is always weird it's like a weird inarticulated feeling that just kind of like naturally grows the more improv you watch and the more improv you do eventually gets to a point where you're like okay i think i think i can do this yeah you know? um at that point it's just you know try to do it like pitch yourself like right. be like hey uh team um i saw you you were uh you know, I, I, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I don't know if you guys have a coach, but I'd be willing to coach for you. And, like, I'll do the first one for free. You know, it'll be a try uh, try before you buy session if you like it. You know, like, I charge X amount of dollars, and we can, like, do once a week. But, like, you know, for the first one, let just see if it works, you right. know. Uh, and most teams will be like, no money, free coach, yes, you know. And I think it's just developing. Uh, a lot of it is just, like, improv. It's so like you get reps. Yeah. You know, like, okay, the more I do it, the more I understand Uh, how to set the energy and tone of a room, how to, like, if an exercise isn't working, how to, like, get them there or just, like, cut your losses and move on or whatever. Like, you know, you're constantly, like we said before, coaching is performative. So you're constantly paying, like, twice as close attention to what's happening on stage than usually people watching it, like, on the sidelines are. Right. Because you're watching it critically in terms of, like, this is the exercise I gave you. Are you doing it? If you are, I need to be able to articulate afterward why that was successful, and if you're not, I need to articulate to you in a note how to make it successful.
0: Without questioning your spirit. Right,
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's, there's a lot. It's a juggling act.
0: Because <laughs> uh, people, I, I in improv, people take notes very personally because it's all coming from within us right yeah. we're not following a script we're not following other people's words so yeah it's like without making you want to quit mm-hmm. yeah do you have uh favorite exercises that
1: oh hell yeah
0: all right so hell yeah i think that's really helpful for, for <laughs> i think that's really helpful for people especially who are starting
1: out who are like putting together curriculum so what are like what are a couple of your favorite exercises uh, i did i did some well they're mostly warm-up ones okay um I did one with you guys the first uh, on Friday. Uh, it's it's a variation on five things. I love this exercise so much because it's basically a short-form game, but it is all about messing with each other and labeling and, like, immediately making a choice. And if it's wrong, it's even better. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. So the idea is uh, you get in a circle, uh, and you're doing five things, So uh, except the trick is... Uh, I will give someone to my right a category uh, like uh, animals. It could be a concrete category like animals um, or it could be an abstract category of like uh, five films from the year 2035, you know, uh, and then they will rather than list them verbally, they will mine them. And then the person to their right has to label what they see. So if I'm, like, animals and the first person does, like, a kind of, like, dog motion and next person's, like, dog, we're, like, great, yes, that was correct. Uh, if they do some kind of weird, more abstract motion where it's unclear what the animal is, the other person is, is watching, they're, like, uh, that looks like an octopus on fire and that is an octopus on fire. I'm, like, two, great. It's just, like, uh, the idea is to encourage not communicating the right answer but just labeling it. And labeling it and if it's ridiculous it's great if it's like literal it's great but like whatever you see is what it is and it really rewards like uh, this doesn't make sense but I think it's that you know right. and then immediately it's like yes great yeah I loved
0: I loved it because we especially since I got to sit on the workshop and know uh, a bunch of people in there there's a few people in there who under pressure labeling something they're so afraid of being wrong so it's like yes. the
1: perfect exercise yeah it completely lifts that off of it because yeah. especially guess, in guessing games it's like what do you want me to say right. there's a right answer and I'm wrong yeah. and like the whole point of it is to be wrong as big as possible yeah to yeah. lean into being wrong It's awesome yeah. yeah I love that exercise yep. uh, stole that from Alex Brozlowski oh. from
0: Baltimore awesome uh, where do people find you if they, if you want to be found
1: oh god <laughs> Oh, Jesus, <laughs> slamming the door. Uh, I'm on the internet. Uh, my main website is woodyfood.com. I'm on Instagram. Uh, my Twitter is very piddling. It's almost <laughs> I don't even want to mention it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll make. I, I honestly don't have that much of an internet presence. Um, I'll create web videos once in a while on my YouTube channel, but it's not like I'm cranking out the content. Like, I'll have like a one video every like three months if it's like. Oh, this is something I can do, you know. Um, yeah, I don't right. know. It's, cool. So I, WoodyFood.com is WoodyFood.com, where they, where they that's go. Where, that's where the primo content awesome. is. Awesome.
0: Uh, cool. Any final thoughts or anything I didn't hit that I should have or that anything you want
1: to, like? I think it's one of those things for me that, like, I was like, I can't begin this process of coaching and teaching until I am perfect and a master of my own thing. And I think that's incorrect thinking because that just prevents – that. what that just says is – don't do anything unless you're perfect, right? Right, which is like the antithesis of improv. Right. Uh, so I was like, uh, imagine, <laughs> imagine hanging out with me after a bad show.
0: Right. Yeah. Oh are. Yeah. Yeah. It's the worst.
1: <laughs> um, but like. But it, I was like – it took a while for me to be like, you know what? That doesn't matter. Just start coaching like you already have some idea of what you like and what works for you and just like the process of t- – it's ju- it's, it parallels improv itself in a lot of ways. But like just the process of starting it and doing it and getting your feet wet and like coming out the other and being like, look, I'm not dead. I'm not on fire. Great. I, and also I have some ideas about how this can grow because like even every time you do an exercise, you're like – Oh yeah, that's another takeaway that I didn't even realize yeah. until I'm seeing it with this particular group of right. people. Yeah, you know, it just clarifies uh, uh, what the exercise is and what why you like it more. So that the next time you do it, you're like, great. Now I have this other takeaway that I learned from the previous time doing it. Yeah. So one of the things that I always try to instill whenever I coach and teach um, is the goal of almost all my exercises is to have the players be able to make specific choices in the moment if they feel empowered to make choices at the end of the coaching session or workshop then that's what I feel that my job is like I always because I find like for me personally the thing that kills most scenes is the inability or fear to make specific choices when it is your time to make a choice I'm not saying make a choice every single second I'm just saying once in a while in a scene you'll be at the crossroads where it's like oh now I can make a choice can I make a choice that just progresses us further? Can I make a weird choice and like intentionally like throw in a game? But like a lot of the times people will just be like, I don't want to make the wrong choice. So I will make no choice at all as opposed to, um, I'm going to make a choice and, uh, it could be wrong, but I'm making it and I'm standing by it. Um, cause that's what makes scenes happen. So it's just, just start doing it if you can, like if you have the opportunity, uh, because it will make you, uh, I think it'll clarify for you what is important for you in a scene, and it makes you play differently as a performer, too.
0: Awesome. Thank Thank you. Thank you.